Facing a crisis in your life or business? Take the helm and steer yourself in the right direction. It's time to take charge and make things happen with your host, Lynn McLaughlin. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Taking the Helm. I hope you loved our new intro. We just started that on the last episode. My guest today is Jasper Trey, and she is a part-time math teacher. That's a whole other story in these days, isn't it? She's a yoga instructor, and we're going to find out how that got started. There was a moment in her life or an experience in her life. She's a full-time mother and a full-time wife, and writing allows her to live many different lives, all of them of her own making. She is the author of a four-book romance series, women's fiction series, called The Harris Legacy. Welcome today, Jasper. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, let's go back to um, a personal experience that you shared with me um, back before you became a writer, I believe, uh, which really was a game changer and took you in a different direction that you might not have otherwise predicted. An interesting uh, part of our life been a part of our story in that we got pregnant the first month we tried with our oldest and then we could not get pregnant again on our own. Um, so about three and a half years before I allowed my general practitioner to send me over to a specialist and the specialist went through a whole battery of tests saying that I'm perfectly fine and my husband's perfectly fine and they have no idea why we can't get pregnant. Um, on our own, which is, it, it would almost have been better in some ways to have known that there was something wrong, because at least then maybe you can either say, well, I can't do anything about it, and you can move on, or you can say, well, I have a treatment, and I can do it, and I can put all of my energy into this, and that's where, you know, I can put my mind, but you don't have a place to put your mind whenever you have no diagnosis. It's just, whoops, this is the universe. You know, the universe says you can't have a second kid. Um, we don't have a reason why. And so the options were um, no kids, no, not, not another kid. Uh, we could do insemination, so where they just put the sperm up. And we could go into full-on in vitro. Um, we could also have done uh, drugs. Where they would have made lots of eggs, and who knows if that would have worked. So we did in vitro. We had a lot of family help to be able to do that. Um, and it's quite a process. Interesting process, sad process, um, because when we started through it, we started getting into it. Um, I apparently make a lot of eggs. So I was in my late 20s and my doctor had actually not encountered this before, even though he had been doing it for 30 years. And so when it came time uh, to, I was going to the city, I was driving to Oklahoma City every single morning by 6am and then getting back to my job and I would do a full day and then I would do all of that stuff and be a mom and be a wife and these things and get up and repeat. For two weeks I was doing that and I was giving myself injections and then my husband was giving me injections. And because I had produced around 50 eggs, at that time, which is anybody who listens to this and has done in vitro will know that that's an exceedingly large amount of mm -hmm. eggs. 
they went in and when they harvest eggs, they have to poke a hole in the ovary. And one thing that, one thing that will happen for sure is your ovaries are going to swell. And it's called ovarian hyperstimulation, I believe is exactly the term that it is. And it's very dangerous. If you happen to get pregnant during this time, you know, when they put the eggs back, you can actually uh, not just lose the baby, but you can lose your, um, your baby maker, which I, or uterus, thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and possibly your ovaries as well. So you could have a complete oophorectomy and hysterectomy out of it. Um, and so the one, one way they know whether you could go into this is if you gain two pounds a day. So as long as you keep under two pounds a day, your doctor's fine with it. Um, and it happened to be that some very stressful people at my work came in and um, did some very, said some very horrible things to me right in the middle of it, even though they knew what I was going through and wound up putting me in the hospital. Turns out, I, because one of the things that can happen is, is it can cause blood clots especially the hormones that I was on and the, they were really afraid because I didn't feel I could get enough oxygen that, that I had a blood clot on my lung. And so I went to the hospital and, and come to find out I was actually having a panic attack. It's the first time I've ever had a panic attack mm -hmm. and wound up, you know, my doctor was just like, Nope, we're not going to do it. Anybody who's done in vitro knows that the first time you put eggs back. So when they harvest them five days later after they have been fertilized and now they're zygotes, I think is the name. That's the best time to get pregnant is when they're fresh. And we didn't get that on the first, on that try because of, like I said, somebody being very rude and very mean to this very hormonal woman who's taking fake hormones. And you know, those are not good for you. They do not. They're so much worse than regular hormones. And there's an example of the impact of one person's actions or words. You're already in a precarious situation. You, as you explained with your hormones, you already have anxiety and you now have a panic attack because of something that happened in a moment in time or a short period of time. You now end up in the hospital and because of this incident and everything that it caused you physically and emotionally, the pregnancy doesn't hold. We all need to realize how impactful our statements, sometimes our nonverbal gestures, sometimes, I mean, a right. moment in time, five minutes in time, and what a difference that make. And if that hadn't happened that day, we'll never know how it might've looked differently. But that person, uh, I hope has done some reflection since that time. I wish I could say that this person had. Mm. I know for a fact that they have not which, you know, it makes it worse. So what we put out, we bring back. I actually have karma tattooed um, on my back for that reason, because karma will come back and bite you. Um, I'm a full believer in what you put out, you get back. So. And you carried on. You moved forward. Yeah. Yep. That um, was the, helped me realize that I started to have enough experience in life to think about writing a book. Now we did wind up going through another round of in vitro and we got our daughter, our second daughter, and who is now nine. Yay. Yay. And 
as we progressed, I just, I started getting into books on Amazon and I was very let down by them. And I came across the Beverly Cleary quote, if you don't see the story you want on the shelf, write it, mm-hmm. which is also on my back. And that's what got me going is I just got so tired of what was there. I just started writing on my own. I'm like, at the very least I'm writing this for myself, you know, then my mom died in 2015 and it propelled me into finishing the edits. I found an editor. I, I got it edited. So I, I made sure it was, you know, professional and I got um, a cousin to make the cover that looks all professional and everything and put it out. Not long after we did our last put back, cause we did try, we had some extra frozen zygotes and we put them back. The last time we did a put back was on my mother's birthday about three months after she died. And that did not work obviously. Cause I said, I only have two kids. And then the book came out later. It was just, it propelled me into getting it going. Um, in the process of that, my mother's death also propelled me into going into yoga teacher training which I probably never would have done except for, you know, I had died or my mom had died and I was crying all the time. You know, there's a lot of guilt when you, there's another diagnosis that we didn't have, or we had just gotten, uh, my mother actually had frontotemporal dementia, which is the kind of dementia that make, can make you very angry. So it takes a very nice person and makes them very angry. And so I was the one that, was getting her to doctors and getting her diagnosis. And, and so there's a lot of guilt that goes along with that. And then the infertility is still rearing its head. And my husband is trying really hard to get me to stop crying, not stop crying. That, that's probably a little harsh. He's trying to figure out how to, how to help me. Uh, neither one of them ever had to help me because I, I just take care of myself. And when I said I want to do yoga teacher training, but I didn't want to give up 15 weekends in a fall, I was like, we'll deal with it. And then we, I went into yoga teacher training. My book came out shortly after I got done with that. I opened a yoga studio with uh, some of the ladies that I did my yoga teacher training with. Um, since broken off with them, but I still have my yoga studio here in my hometown. And I have a number of uh, ladies that come in here just from my very, very small hometown. And which is nice. It, it lets me be closer to them and gives them an outlet that they may or may not have thought that they needed. So. And has the yoga, has the yoga helped you through your bereavement, through your grieving process? It did. Um, I'm a very anxiety prone person. I lived in a double attack. So I, for 24 hours, seven days a week, I was living in an anxiety attack mixed with a panic attack. And I did eventually get to where my panic attacks were less, but I lived, like I said, with anxiety uh, for the first six months, full six months after my mom died. And getting into teacher training, you think you know what you're supposed to be doing before you get in it because you're taking yoga all the time and you're breathing and you're listening to the teacher and then you get in there and 
you really have to learn how to breathe, how to calm, how to slow down. And slowing down has been one of my hardest things to do is because I just continually go. I mean, technically, I also got an MBA in here, which I didn't say that was before my mom died. Um, I just keep going. I keep learning. I can't help it. It's a compulsion. And so teacher training did start the process of getting my anxiety attacks down, like got rid of the panic attacks and the anxiety attacks started coming down. So I was at least able to function better than I was before all of the training and, and that kind of thing. And I asked that, I asked that question. I'm, I've got a book about to be launched actually in six days. <laughs> and it really is. It's about a young man who's experienced anxiety his whole life and the mother and the struggles of the family. Um, mm -hmm. And I know it all too well in my own family and in my circle of friends and as an educator for 31 years. Mm -hmm. and, and I think what I'm hearing people say, as you have Jasper, is sometimes it's, it's the alternative uh, ways of coping or finding outlets that will help us along. It's not necessarily always the traditional. And yoga is what I'm hearing is one of them. Yoga, meditation are two of the ones that a lot of people are using these days. Yes, very much so. When you can learn to calm your mind, it really does help to lessen the effects that your body is putting on your body or your mind is putting on your body in that, you know, it, it is, it's always been said mind over body. You mm -hmm. can control the stuff that's going on. And it, it's very true. The anxiety was straight out of my brain that didn't want to shut off and being able to find a way to shut it off was incremental in getting the rest of it done in my body, not trying to eat itself anymore, more or less. So Jasper, in addition to the, to the uh, yoga, did you find writing when you began to write your Harris series and the first book came out, was that healing for you as well? It was, um, getting lost in a world. Uh, anybody that reads a book uh, for fun knows that you're going to fall into the story. And for at least that amount of time, you're going to lose yourself and you're in someone else's problems or you're in someone else's joys. And writing actually amplified that for me. So I could find a happiness in there that I hadn't found in a while and was able to carry that through the, the euphoria. So if, even if I just wrote 500 words, you know, a single page, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. could carry me through for so many more hours than anything else had. And I mean, I didn't take any, um, gonna, any drugs or anything, not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just, I hadn't gone to a doctor and, and gone that route yet, but it, definitely helped the writing helped in that I didn't have the grogginess that I've always heard goes along with or any of the problems that go along with taking an antidepressant um, and things like that so it was a a natural way of finding a high basically mm -hmm. it writing is a high for me and it's kind of nice because it's not expensive well until you try and go out and sell your book to people Yes, yes. Well, let's talk about your main character, Olivia, without giving away too many spoilers. Okay, so Olivia is a widow. Um, one of the reasons I did it that way is because you, your first book usually has a tendency to have more of you in it. And so how, are, how is a happily married woman of 15 years supposed to figure all of that stuff out? So I killed my husband off. 
Um, he doesn't particularly <laughs> appreciate that very much. But so I have a widow, widow as my main character and she goes on vacation and she meets this really nice guy and they wind up keeping in touch, even though she says, we're not going to keep in touch. I don't want this in my life. I have too many other things going on. She winds up giving in and talking to him. And then it's about how, you know, he comes to see her and, and she goes to see him. Mm -hmm. And of course, happily ever afters because it's romance. And if you don't have a happily ever after, why are we talking about a romance? I'll make a confession to you. It was about eight months ago when I was on a writer's panel with someone uh, as a romance writer. And I hadn't, hadn't read a romance book, I think probably since my early 20s. So I picked it up and started reading it and I'm back into it again. So Jasper, I'll be checking out your books for sure because it's just like you say, it's jumping into another world, another world that just brings something into your life. It really is. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, with what I do, so I teach in 100% poverty schools, and I always have, and so I see a lot of depressing situations, and it really does help me to find the brighter side of things. You know, I don't get into drama TV or drama books. If it makes me cry, I go away from it because I just, I see too much of that anyway, um, and romance novels are guaranteed to give you a happy ending, and I like happy endings. So Jasper, one of the things that we do as authors and uh, Melissa D of uh, Facebook Marketing Group really helps us guide this way, if anybody's looking for that kind of advice, uh, is multi-author giveaway, multi-book giveaway. And I do believe you're involved in one that ends on October 31st. You're right. Um, yep, four books. You, all you have to do is sign up for our newsletter. And whenever you sign up for our newsletter, you automatically get uh, put in a drawing for all four of these awesome books from awesome authors, all romance, all happy endings. Um, and so we would love to have you guys sign up. My Jasper Trey Facebook page, I have it on um, there as one of my posts. And so it's an easy place to find it there. Now, I just wanna dive in a little bit more Jasper about your yoga training. Um, and you say that that period of time in your life helped you come to a realization within yourself. How did that happen? Um, that was when I did the full realization. It started actually when we were just the, we had already gone through the in vitro and it had failed and we were coming into the last frozen zygote put back of that, that cycle. And we were actually on the way back from the city. We had just gotten the zygotes put back. We'd been told, we actually showed up that morning and the ones that they had unfrozen, which they grade your eggs and your zygotes on an A, B, C, D scale. A being the best, D being not so good. They can still fertilize and still do its thing, but more than likely not going to. So when we got there, we were told that our really good zygotes, um, were gone. They had not made it through the unthawing process and they had hastily unthawed some of our B minus and B grade zygotes and they put them back and it was on our way home and you're just kind of you're you're a little devastated because you already know that it's not going to happen um, and maybe that's 
part of a mental problem that I was having at the time. And it, it just brought us into this conversation that I had completely shut down, emotionally shut down to him, to just everything, um, feeling really just about anything. There was no, it's not, there was no love. It's just that you weren't, I wasn't feeling it. I didn't know how to feel it anymore. It was just gone. And it really upset him. And that's when we decided if it didn't work, if this putback didn't work, we would take about a year off. So we took some time. Um, I went, got permanent birth control because I am a type A brain never shuts off. I am constantly thinking, well, it's this part of the month. So what do I need to take? Do I need to be taking these vitamins? Should I not have a glass of wine? Should I be eating these, you know, all of this? And I'm thinking about, well, what if I am pregnant? Why both, you know, and took that time off. And that was really helpful because it helped me clear my head. It helped me come back online and start feeling all of that stuff again. When I got in yoga training and, you know, I, was crying in yoga training, which is fine. It's supposed to happen. You're supposed to cry and that stuff. And there was a, another woman there that she had gone through the same thing. They didn't know why she couldn't get pregnant. And the difference being was she was not able to keep her marriage together because she didn't realize what was going on in her. And I made me realize just how much I was able to keep things together and, and realize inside what was happening take stock of what was here and able to change it even if it was just for a little while and before we got back into all of that stress and keep that together and keep that marriage going which is still going i mean we celebrate 20 years next year been together 23 so doing pretty good on that uh -huh. I would say i would say but those are excellent guiding words i mean sometimes there are signs around us that we're just I'm very much like you, Jasper, go, 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 busy, busy, busy all the time. But sometimes we do need to pay attention to those signs and stop and do some right. self-reflection and take some time and figuring out what, what's the universe trying to tell us, and which, which you clearly mm -hmm. did during your yoga training. Yes, that is a lot of what yoga training is. It's figuring out what's going on, at least with the, the studio that I did it with. It may not be that way with all um, studios. From what I've heard, especially some of the national brands, it's very different. But with my studio that I did it with, it was very much, um, you need to face things. And because these things are going to come up in your life and how are you facing them? And you can talk to us through it right now and you don't have to go home and, you know, have an argument with your husband, just talk to us, you know, and it, it helped me learn to talk, which is not something I grew up with. Um, we were not talk through our feelings, people. And it really showed when my mom died because like I said, my husband didn't know how to take care of me. I didn't know how to take care of me. And, you know, here I am in a 200 hour training yoga and yoga training. And it wound up teaching me a lot more about how to deal with those things. I was manifesting very much in my body with the anxiety and the panic attacks and, you know, all of that nasty stuff that nobody wants to deal with. It was all just, it was my own keeping it down deep that was causing it. Oh, thank you, Jasper, for sharing your vulnerability and all of your learning. And I'm, my guess is whether we've got people who will want to enter the Forbit giveaway or go onto Amazon or wherever they can purchase your book or follow up and learn more about yoga or some of the insights that you've given us around uh, coping with anxiety. Where can people find you? 
So on Facebook, my Jasper Trey author page is up. That's a really good place to reach out because I'm the one that's running it. And, you know, I have several people that have reached out through that um, and asked me questions. Then there's also my email. Uh, so author at jaspertray.com. I do have a web address, obviously, be from my email. Jaspertray.com can also get you um, to you know, where you can contact me through, you know, various things, or you can find out more about what I have going on there. Then the giveaway, again, just go to my Facebook Jasper Trey author page. That's really the best place for me to do any of my author stuff or to find any of that part of my life is on that web page, on that Facebook page. Excellent. And you do have an Amazon author page as well that people can check out. That is true. Sorry, I completely forgot about that one. Um, I, you yeah. know, it's interesting. Not a lot of people know about them uh, because it's a, well, as a Canadian, it's amazon.com that we have to set up our Amazon author pages on. So I always mention mm -hmm. that because uh, up in Canada, we don't think a lot about the Amazon author page and it's an option for everyone. Right. Um, it's a really nice place to find every book that the author has done because even if they write under different names, you know, maybe they do romance under Jasper Trey, or maybe they do self-help under another name, they can actually claim them all and you can find them all there. Yeah. And when your books are posted, they're posted by their ISBN. So they're not all together on the same page. <laughs> That's another challenge with Amazon, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah, you can find them all a lot easier because it lists them all there on that author page. So. Excellent. I had that problem with authors. I've wanted to read their books and then you're like, how do I find the next one? So if you go follow, you can also follow um, on there and it'll tell you when an author has a new book coming out. You can always um, go to bookbub.com. So that's a good one. And um, there's Goodreads. So Jasper Trey is on all of those as well. And as authors, we love to have reader reviews. It gives us feedback and gives future readers feedback as well. So exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And on that note, everyone, have a safe and healthy day. Thanks for listening. To learn more from people who are steering in the right direction, go to lynnmclaughlin.com and search the archives of every interview or subscribe to this podcast feed. A new episode is published every Wednesday.